What's up, losers? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's me. I don't know you don't know who I am, but it's me, Tony. And I just like to say a quick disclaimer before I start. This is not about shitting somebody up, making somebody feel bad about themselves. This is just a podcast about real, real applications to psychology. I'm not a licensed psychologist. I'm a hot mess. So just kind of think of me as like, not really your psych, but like your fairy god Pisces. Just here to give you all your, you know, advice and shit about life. The advice that I don't take myself. So let's just jump right into it. We're going to talk about Generation Z. And today I have Joel with me. Joel's my friend. I love him. Hi, Hi, I'm also here. (laughs) Joel exists. So... What, Joel, what do you think about Generation Z? Our Generation Z? Yeah. Our current youngest generation. Hmm, our current youngest generation. Wow, that's a tough question. Kind of. That's a kind of tough question. See, it have like, it, it have, I, I suppose, pros and cons on both sides. You know how um, they love to say we are the, the laziest generation, the most privileged generation, mm, such true. and so forth, which I could see. But at the same time, we we have like particular issues that I feel weren't as present prior. Yeah, you definitely. Um, like for example, we had that current scourge of, and not not to not to make it seem like I just trying super hard to bring it back to what the show is, but um, in terms of mental health, that kind of awareness, it seems as though. I wouldn't say that this is more prevalent because I don't know these statistics. Right. Um, but I feel like it is much more at the forefront lately. I think we're definitely the most self-aware generation of our time. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to... Our eyes, essentially, are only going to open even further from here. <laughs> but it's completely subjective and debatable that we are the laziest generation per se, especially because we are the only generation. It's observed that Generation Z is one of the only generations that has been completely raised on internet culture. And, you know, it's subjective that we are, you know, lazy uh, working bodies. It's just that our time and our engagement levels, you know, they're invested differently. Mm-hmm. And back to what I was saying about us being the most self-aware generation, it's debatable right now, I think, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I would say so. I would say so because um, in terms of, well, when you say self-aware, I, I tend, my thing, it tends to go back to... Um, self-conscious mm-hmm. when as you say um we, we we grew up in this on the internet right where everything is measured by numbers yeah. numbers of likes and comments and interaction um that that, that kind of builds this constant i would like to say anxiety when you judge everything you do because you feel as though the world is judging everything you do because that's just kind of the thinking that's currently prevalent is like mm. we have to act in such a manner that we will get the most likes, the most imaginary clouds. Yeah. Yeah, that's sure. And coming back to that buzzword that you used, anxiety. That's a word that is thrown around a lot in this generation. Mm-hmm talks about mental illness, etc. And we really need to address the elephant in the room, which is that we are subjectively the most unhappy generation. 
the younger population of this generation, well, the entire population is young. The oldest of generations he is 23 years old. Unfortunately, I fall into this category. <laughs> we're, we're fucking unhappy. And it's like, why is this? Why is this happening? So, you know, like I decided to do this first episode, just like kind of exploring, like going into like, what is going on with Generation Z? Mm-hmm. Why are we so comparatively different from boomers or even millennials or millennial counterparts? They could relate to us on certain levels, but I feel like even our humor, it's so warped and twisted and dark. So I decided <laughs> to like look at self-deprecation, which is my favorite fucking form of humor. I love that Same, shit. I, fucking, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. Gosh, that's that's like the bulk of my work. That is the bulk of my... I feel like that's 90% of my jokes right there. Like self-deprecation. That's true. true. You know, humor is always... It's always riddled with some sort of truth in it. It's always Mm -hmm. laced with some element of truth. And it's like, why do we look at life that way? Why do we objectively see things this way in such a, a negative connotation? Why... It's almost like you don't realize like some people like when they kind of like ridicule now in this day for being optimistic, for just being like, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to life. That, that is true. That is. Although I feel like the consensus, I guess, is that we should not be looking forward towards life in, in our way. True, true. In the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, like even prior, it was just, I, I guess I wouldn't say the cool thing, but. I, I I don't know. Maybe, maybe for me it's like my humor developed in a self-deprecating way because mm. it was such a convenient way to get a laugh. It is true. Like, it's, I I will buy an ice cream or something. It will fall to the ground. I will look at it on the ground and say, <laughs> same. And then somebody will chuckle at that because yeah. that that's just what it is, you know. You know, um, I measured three, doing research, I measured three different scales, basically. I measured the scale of optimism, pessimism, and then I kind of transitioned into uh, scholarly articles on self-deprecation. Because mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to bring the facts into this. Like, I oh, want to be able great. to quantify I it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to enlighten you. But I wanted to just, like quantify it and be able to prove my point that this is a phenomenon this does exist Mm -hmm. and you know what from what i've read is that optimism and pessimism it exists within a spectrum and it's not good to be on any opposing end of the spectrum you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's not good to be overly optimistic you remember we have a friend that we work with both of us work with he's very optimistic He's very, very optimistic. He's a bit of an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you know, like everybody makes fun of him for just being like so blindsidedly happy and like loving life and whatever. <laughs> we do as well. I low key kind of hate him. <laughs> like, but <laughs> if you know, you know. But at the same time, it's like, why do we? shit him up for just being him you know what i mean i guess too when you're optimistic you could be a little you could be naive you mm-hmm. could be naive mm-hmm. and you have your unrealistic expectations unrealistic goals for the future mm-hmm. most of the time the near future 
And what that ends up happening is when they don't come to fruition because you didn't put in the work or you just assume that because you're optimistic, it will just happen for you. Mm-hmm. You get crushed because you, you're like, you didn't expect that to happen. And, you know, that could lead to intense or feelings mm-hmm. of depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, is it so bad to have an optimistic outlook on life? Uh- well, yeah, yeah. Well, coming back to that guy, <laughs> <laughs> gosh, I wouldn't say I hate the, I can't stand the guy, but I say I hate him. Um, I'm okay with him at a distance, but as I digress, yeah, we, true. Yeah. We, I think the thing about when we look at someone being this optimistic, we, we kind of like to think, it's, it's more like how he could not obviously see the glaring faults of everything yeah that's true uh i don't know where the programming happens mm-hmm. that we look at the worst outcome assume that is more likely than the best outcome and call it realism yeah um although i i, I can't i can't try to bash that thinking because then i'll be a hypocrite mm. but i feel like that's the for me, at least, that's where looking at these overly optimistic people, that's where the um, and that's where they kind of not to say look down, but mm. the lack of appreciation for their thinking comes from. It's like how you cannot obviously see how terrible everything about to be, all the time, you know. Hmm. Now let's bring that back to a Gen Z perspective because for us, we are. I would like to classify us i guess you could say as pessimists yeah, <laughs> we had to be so. real we had to be real we both of us we're friends we are <laughs> we are pessimists collectively as a, as a collective we are pessimistic and it's like as gen z being raised on this internet culture mm-hmm. we have found a comfort in existing within chaos and existing within chaos while it does help to bring some realistic perspectives to the situation in your life Mm -hmm. and the circumstances that are going on, we're amidst a global pandemic, we're amidst a recession, and it does add a touch of realism, you know. We prepare ourselves for the worst, but it's like we always want to exist knowing that the worst will happen. Mm -hmm. And that inherently... Isn't good either. Uh, uh, sure. As gosh, it's like you know, you 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 hope for the best, but always expecting the worst. I guess it creates a sort of comfort, you know. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, if things turn out good, then you'll be glad. Yeah. But if things turn out terrible, then it can't hurt you, you know. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Whoa. Well, I've enough, I've epiphany. It's like, <laughs> 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 yeah. That's it. It's really just shielding. We we need the pessimism to prevent ourselves from taking the damage. You know, and where does this even come from? Because, you know, kids, children, when they're young, it's so easy to be imaginative and all happy and be like, yeah, look at oh, friggin', I go and jump off this friggin' ledge and survive. And then you'll break your leg or you'll, you'll jump off, like, I don't know, a ministry wall and damage your knee. Mm-hmm. And then you'll look at yourself and think, wow, I <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that basically happens. <laughs> you can't, you can't exist on either side of the spectrum. You can't exist on either side of the spectrum because mm-hmm. 
existing in a constant pessimistic state, we often realize that if you look for the light, you can oftentimes find it. But if yeah, you of only look for darkness, that's all you'll ever see. Yeah. Well, in a way, right? If we if we are to hope for the best but expect the worst, do we then exist in the center of the spectrum or do we choose both extremes for different situations? We must exist in the center because several psychological studies that I've looked at in research articles have said that even optimists experience mm -hmm. considerably less psychological distress and mental health issues mm -hmm. than their pessimistic counterparts by being overly optimistic. They do develop optimistic bias, which, you know, exposes them to being naive or taken advantage of by mm -hmm. other persons in society. Yeah, dropping into permit schemes, you know, but those things. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't arrest us. Anyways, <laughs> so... <laughs> But the pessimists, on the other on the other hand, are three times more prone to psychological distress mm -hmm. than persons who just simply are realistic and persons who are overly optimistic. So it's like we need to find that center. And I think our generation is such an we're such an empathetic generation. We're, we're empaths, you know, like we. We have acknowledged that our predecessors did shit and said shit that wasn't okay and we're not okay with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we care about things. We care about animals and we care about shit about politics and we care about, you know, like the environment and social justice and all of this shit. And it's like, we need to learn. We just exist on either side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Why is this so? We are so prone to mental health problems. So if then we say... Pessimists tend, as, as, as I said earlier, like people will just look at the most negative possible outcome mm -hmm. and then call it realism. How then do we define realism? How do we get that healthy middle between pessimism and optimism? Realism is just the understanding that the world is what you make of it. Mm -hmm. You are a complete agent of your own thoughts. And just as you can create a thought you can also destroy it mm -hmm. you know oftentimes it's much more comfortable to live in a pessimistic mindset and we sometimes forget to come up for air mm -hmm. we find comfort in chaos essentially it's okay to feel shitty about something because it makes us feel better than having our hopes up for something only to then feel shitty afterwards mm -hmm. We really, it really is a very individualistic journey in the sense of you must come to the realization that living like this, living in perpetual angst, living in depression and anxiety, they are just symptoms of something that you need to address. Mm -hmm. Depression and anxiety are not oftentimes diagnosed as a mental illness it is a symptom of something else it is a symptom of something that you need to work on mm -hmm. you notice that within yourself everybody can get depressed everybody can have feelings of depression but you need to really do that introspective work and ask yourself when did i start feeling this way why do i treat myself this way you know we always say oh yeah i'm just depressed whatever it is what it is you know like <laughs> Yeah, like, it's, I, and I'm, I am so guilty of doing this. Yeah, I'm so yeah, guilty. Same, same, same. I was like, oh, oh yeah, I'm just feeling kind of, you know, 
that line that we love to drop is like somebody will observe you feeling like shit and they'll mm-hmm. be like, yo, you okay? And then it's have that flash of thoughts in your head like, what's the point of telling this person anything? They could do anything for me. I go and ruin the day. Mm-hmm. Then you'll be like, nah, I'm tired. <laughs> and move the fuck on, kind of. Mm-hmm. But you don't. You don't really move on. You don't move on. It's, it's more just putting carpet you be, You're numbing yourself to it. You're numbing yourself to an experience. Mm-hmm. But you never really numb yourself to the experience because you will go through those periods of fluctuation of depression and anxiety mm-hmm. where it's like, meh, I'm used to it. Meh, I'm used to it. Oh my <laughs> God, I can't fucking deal with this right now. Meh, I'm used to it. Yeah, I'm used to it. <laughs> that is basically, it's like a roller coaster. But it's, I, I did a little more reading into it and it, it, is, it is understandable that we feel this way. You know, we're uncertain about our prospects for the future. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to get a fucking job right now. Oh it's, yeah, for sure. You know, we we're not we're in a very uncertain time right now. Mm-hmm. And we're becoming more and more consumed and pulled into the matrix of the internet and social media. I deleted social media like last year. I deleted Instagram. I feel mm-hmm. so much fucking better. It's, it's wonderful, right? It's I despise gosh, social media. Gosh. And, you know, everybody says that, that they hate social media and social media makes them so depressed and mm-hmm. so anxious. But yet we're still, we still do 75% of the things we do in a day on social media. That's true. Looking at TikTok, looking at Instagram. And mm-hmm. it's like, even YouTube. And you're oh, looking, yeah, yeah. You're looking at like, content that doesn't serve you. As much as I, I was like, oh, yeah, I got rid of Facebook and Twitter mm-hmm. and all that. And everybody was like, whoa, you do that. Like, I, I really like, so I wish I could do that. And it's like, first of all, you can. Mm-hmm. Secondly, my day has changed so little. Although I must confess that because I was not on Facebook and Twitter and I was, I spend most of my time on YouTube now. Yeah. I am subject more to the things that I would rather see as opposed to exposure to things that, you know, it's it, it much more out of control when you scroll through Facebook mm-hmm. and you say, oh, that's a, that's a funny meme. That's a funny meme. That was, oh, somebody decided to post about the rape story. Mm. I am very sad now. Mm. Meanwhile, on YouTube, it's like, oh, that's 10 memes in a row. Yeah, sure. But YouTube in itself is also a little self-destructive because it depends on the content that you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Commentary channels are really popular right now on YouTube. And commentary oh, channels are really... bullying channels. Yeah, yeah. They're really not the best kind of content <laughs> to be listening to on a daily basis because you're listening to somebody talk about drama, talk about other people, mm-hmm. uh, make their self-deprecation humor, which we love. We of stand. Love, love that. that. And you just continue watching and you're like, oh, this is so good. You're watching somebody bully other people online as well as bully themselves Mm -hmm. and you're internalizing that behavior as well you are reproducing the behavior like oh yeah i really like that joke i'm gonna use it with my friends the next time oh yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) definitely guilty um so it it is all cyclical i guess is we we i would like to put this in quotation marks hate ourselves so oh yeah for sure we have a very cynical sense of humor Mm -hmm. so we look at the things that also hate themselves and the sensation of hating ourselves is just so appealing all of a sudden Mm -hmm. that we go to our friends and we're like friends i hate myself and friends like friend we hate ourselves too we are friends and it's just this whole cesspool of 
of externalizing internalized negative emotion mm-hmm. in gosh like life unhealthy dog it's a very unhealthy cycle um self-deprecation as understood in social psychology is a form of negative self-talk mm-hmm. about oneself we oftentimes use uh self-deprecating humor as a way to win over cognitive appraisal from others so we use it to like come across as more relatable Mm -hmm. we use it to make basically humble ourselves which i find very interesting because why is it that in order to talk to somebody in generation z or even a millennial to some extent these days Mm -hmm. that you need to constantly humble yourself and act as if you are not confident in your own skin to come across as more likable to other people there is this kind of internet internalized thought that's what i want to i don't know there is this sensation that if it is you decide to express your own like your own value in some form or fashion it will come across as arrogant as opposed to confident Mm -hmm. like so i think self-deprecation also comes from this hope that you would say something about yourself and somebody would be like no yeah, that's no, not true. Exactly. That is exactly it. Because mm-hmm. you're looking for that external validation. Mm-hmm. But to start or validation comes from within. You must be able to carry yourself with some level of confidence and bravado mm-hmm. because you need to it, it's just base it's good. Like yeah, yeah. it's good to like yourself. Because you always see that external validation before you could feel internally validated. Mm-hmm. That's dependency. You're constantly dependent on everybody around you yeah to make you feel with something and we're seeing the evolution of that self-deprecating humor in like certain internet tropes as well mm-hmm. you know the quirky or relatable <laughs> kind of internet trope where those like youtubers and stuff like um for example tana mojo you know she oh. she just comes across as very like flamboyant in a way like oh yeah i'm just like y'all but really and truly She's not. She's a millionaire. <laughs> she's on YouTube. She fucking party. She has COVID party. She does whatever she wants to do, right? Mm-hmm. That's just like an example. But the people who often implore this, this type of humor who are on the internet, they're not, they're not like you. Not to say that y'all are not equals. Everybody is an equal. Mm-hmm. But they live a completely different life from That's you. True. And you should never idolize somebody just because they're like, oh my God, I'm so depressed and nervous right <laughs> now. <laughs> like, what? That, that's one thing that people confuse a lot is that the content on the internet is tailor-made. Mm-hmm. Every person on the internet is a character. Me right now, I'm a character. Yeah. And that's never true to life you know yeah they they're not going to relate to you all the time and that's also a bit of unhealthy um expectations of self sometimes yeah it's like you look at somebody i'm 22 mm-hmm. i look somebody i'll look at somebody who is also 22 on the internet they they they're mad rich they, they're doing all this incredible stuff and i look at them and be like gosh mm-hmm. why don't with myself by and that does make me feel like rubbish, you know? Yeah. But that's something I do to myself. I had to constantly try to remind myself that I am not this person and I will get to where I have to go eventually. Exactly. But at the same time, it have this person here who looks like me in, in, 
in a way. Yeah, they look yeah like somebody me, that you could relate like to. Me. Yeah, yeah. You think you could relate to them yeah, you because think, that's yeah. the person that they create for you. For sure. But when you look at the, the grandeur of everything, that's not you. Mm-hmm. And if you look at where you are now and where they are, they are now, that could never be you. And that just feel terrible. Mm-hmm. But then it also have this concept that, wow, that is not me. And that could be something so great yeah. at the same time. Imagine living a life that have to be tailor-made to appeal to millions of people that, like, for the sake of their imaginary likes and mm-hmm. validations. And then you look at it like, that's just bigger Facebook. That's just bigger Instagram. True. So, yeah, in a way, you're living the same life as, as those people. And guess what? You're miserable doing it. Yeah, because it goes back to it as in terms of you should never compare your day-to-day experiences to somebody's highlight reel. Mm-hmm. That is your that is a highlight reel that they are showing you. They're just That's showing true. you snippets That's of true. something that they want you to see, right? And it, just to bring everything back now, it just reinforces negative behavior and negative self-talk mm-hmm. because self-deprecation has gone beyond and transcended into the human meme culture etc into everyday life you are carrying with you this negative self-talk even when you are alone you mm-hmm. talk to yourself in a way that is not serving you and then you're like you laugh about it because it's funny yeah and it's just to give you a temporary comfort and it's it's just that. It's a temporary comfort. Mm-hmm. I also read this study with a psychologist. He said that most of his clients in Gen Z, most of his Gen Z clients who come into him for depression and anxiety often implore this type of humor. And they even use it within the therapy sessions mm-hmm. to just make themselves feel more comfortable or just, you know, it's just a coping mechanism. It's a terrible coping mechanism, uh, but it's a coping mechanism nonetheless. It's just so convenient and easy and, yeah. and familiar yeah. to just throw yourself down. I know you're seeing that the with this generation, we are very much skewed on mm-hmm. the pessimistic spectrum and the optimism and pessimism. Mm-hmm. And... Even I'm even guilty of this. When you catch yourself sometimes, you ever catch yourself sometimes and then you're like, oh, you know, I really should stop being like this, whatever, whatever. Um, I really, you go through a period where you want to transform. You want to do better for yourself. You want to, um, you know, self-care. Hashtag self-care is real <laughs> yeah. popular right now. So like people are like, yes, self-care and whatever, whatever. And they're posting one sort of but a lot of bullshit, superficial bullshit, basically. Yeah, and they're talking about, yeah, you know, I'm blessed. I'm too, sh- I'm too stress free, whatever, whatever. I'm not gonna take nobody on, whatever, whatever. It's yeah. always subtweeting, always, always subtweeting. And two days later, it's like suicidal post. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, it's such <laughs> a weird, what? like jump back and forth. And that is us essentially jumping back and forth between being overly optimistic about Mm -hmm. life and overly pessimistic about life because it's like we just can't exist in the middle we're like oh we need to heal ourselves and we need to be we need to put our best foot forward and it 
it's not always going to be your best foot of that you're putting course. forward. Not every day you're going to wake up on your healing journey mm -hmm. and feel your best. You're going to feel depressed. You're going to feel anxious some days. You're going to feel like this isn't making any sense. But the point of that is to heal. The mm -hmm. point of that is to say, all right, I'm not feeling great today. Let's acknowledge these feelings and let's release them. Let's just let go of them. Mm -hmm. It's a part of us, but it's not who we are. And we have essentially embodied mental illness as our yeah. culture yeah um, like mental illness right now is that's just the wave it know? is everybody have to point out the anxiety the depression which again i was that being just tossed about so much exactly like the but but then it also have the concept i was discussing that having to get to this middle right mm -hmm. um what, what i was wondering is that all right, so we know it have such sides of the spectrum. Right. Uh, we we need to step into a healthy middle on this level of just thinking about things, right? right. How then do we begin to move? To from, move towards it. Yeah, move basically. from this extreme pessimism to to that middle. Just our middle ground. Yeah. Basically, understanding self-deprecation, as I was saying earlier, talking about how Gen Z, Gen Zers, we care a lot about social justice. Mm -hmm. We care about people's rights, you know. We've evolved from the humor that is making fun of people for uh, issues based on race, mm -hmm. based on um, sexual orientation, and based on classism, etc. That's true. Even though, yeah, these jokes still exist, by and large, we would not say that to somebody who will take offense to it. Mm -hmm. Whereas I our think, boomer counterparts. Yeah, oh wow. yeah, <laughs> I think most of our insult humor is based on things that you could control now. Yes. Which and I, that is another problem because why would you speak about yourself that way if you wouldn't speak about somebody else that way? Mm-hmm. That is the whole issue because we've now realized there's so many things that are politically incorrect to say that we just decide to turn. We, we clearly like chaos. Yeah. Jokes are based on just chaotic chaos. humor and making fun of something. Mm -hmm. So this generation has seen the evolution of us making fun of ourselves because nobody can't tell you anything, quote unquote, yeah. when you say bad things about right. yourself. But why would you? Yeah. Well, hmm. That's one thing because what, what I notice is that people can make fun of another person if it's something based on like the personality, the, like just things that they could could control. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, that super optimistic guy that we hate so much. Oh, right. Of course. Uh, yeah, because that's something that's like, well, why don't just... It's cringe. Yeah, it's cringe. Why, why don't just not be that way? <laughs> it's cringe. But then if you have to make a fat joke, for example, mm. it's very mm. rare that you would catch somebody mm. making a fat joke mm. about a fat person. Yeah. Right? But it's so easy for them to just be like... Uh, yeah, I go and eat again as a fat ass or some stupid Yeah, they would say that about themselves. Yeah, but it's so simple. such negative, hurtful mm -hmm. language to use. It's not you reclaiming the name. It's yeah. you hurting yourself. It's you hurting yourself. And I guess sometimes it has to be based on like this need to feel punished, I guess. Like th yeah. that there is some sort of There's a level justice. of a masochism to it mm -hmm. as well. It's yeah. like, is, is this... I, I guess some form of pseudo justice yeah. to 
like, oh, I call myself out on my own shit because nobody else will. Nobody can um, nobody. hurt you yeah. in the future. But it still hurts because yes, you're hurting so yourself. yourself. But for us to move towards that middle ground, there are a series of things that we can do because we must essentially reprogram our thoughts. Mm-hmm. We need to realize that this is a problem, whether we mean it enough in a way to be funny, to catch a laugh, whatever. It's not productive humor. Mm-hmm. And it will eventually become self-destructive if it has not already. Now, we're in the midst of a global pandemic. I know a lot of us cannot access psychological aid. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive. And a psychologist is like, I don't know, to access one in Trinidad it's it's unnecessarily oh. difficult for it some unnecessary it, reason. It's tough to find them. It's tough to find, it's, you know, yeah, it's tough the, to the kinds it. that you need. Yeah. It's tough to pay for that. Yeah, I personally have gone through a lot of psychologists as well. And I'm like, I, cu- I could just be tutoring myself, basically, or <laughs> whatever. And you can. You can mm-hmm. tutor yourself. Cognitive behavioral therapy is something that allows us to reprogram our thoughts. Mm-hmm. So CBT tells us that what people continually tell themselves become the things that they believe. Mm -hmm. So it is essentially a tool that aids us to combat mental health disorders, such as depression, post-traumatic stress, eating disorders, and really anybody could, you know, benefit from CBT, you know, Mm -hmm. because it helps you to become aware of inaccurate or negative thinking. So you can view challenging situations and respond to them in a more effective way. So, you know, so CBT is one way and it's easily accessible online. You mm-hmm. can get CBT worksheets. Um, you, it really is it's just a matter of commitment. Mm-hmm. Another way that helps as well if you are into this sort of stuff is journaling. Actually, I was about to mention, you know, because in terms of speaking, I ways to help yourself. I started kind of journaling recently. So have I, yeah, yeah. The approach that I decided to take is that because I know to myself, I habitually crit- critique myself so much tougher yeah. than anyone would critique me. Right. That I would look at anything I do day and be like, wow, that was shit. That was not enough. So the approach that I take to journaling is more that I, 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 I act as a, a trying to record for somebody who is not myself. Mm-hmm. I look at somebody who lived my exact day. And write about it honestly, you know. Yeah. I write about the way I exercise when I wake up, if I eat properly, right. If I feel satisfied with the amount of work I do in a day, and it's not to try to make it seem more grand mm-hmm. or to make it seem like oh you're you're so good, you do so good. Thumbs up for you. It's no, just it's just to, to honestly, normalize yeah, it. Just to, on, to tell myself honestly that this is what you have done and this is what you have accomplished. You can do better here and there. But look at this. This, this was your day, you know? Because yeah. it's so easy to fix it on the one time you fuck up in a day. Yeah. And so. I highly, highly recommend journaling. Journaling mm-hmm. is an excellent form of becoming self-aware. Because it's just about the present moment. And there's so many different types of journaling that you can employ as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's gratitude journaling. Write down what you are grateful for. Instead of yearning for things that others have talk about what you have already live in the present moment and just express okay i have this and i am very grateful for it because you may have something that somebody else does not have Mm -hmm. that and that might not be a materialistic thing it might be good friendships a nice family structure and you took that for granted 
you know, gratitude journaling is excellent. There's what you did did in a day journaling, which is essentially what you just talked about. You're just talking and normalizing, okay, today I did this and that was okay. And it can help you essentially build more activities mm-hmm. in your day, even help help you to like get a schedule going mm-hmm. or like a little routine going right. where you do other things. Yeah. There's streams of consciousness journaling, which I highly recommend. A stream of consciousness journaling is essentially like introspective work. It's mm-hmm. okay. Today I feel depressed. I feel irritable. Why do I feel this way? When mm-hmm. did I start feeling this way? You take a thought and you run with it. You stretch that thought for as far back as you can go until you're basically going down memory lane and trying to analyze, okay, when did this happen to me? And you can't get to the bottom of it. It feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It feels uncomfortable to look within yourself sometimes and doing that necessary introspective work. But it really does help you after because it can help you release whatever you were holding on to Mm -hmm. and as i said depression and anxiety is oftentimes a symptom of something there's something that has made you feel this way but you need to get to the bottom of it there's music journaling there's all kinds of different journaling that you can implore to help you center yourself again Mm -hmm. Uh, i feel that uh in looking inwardly like that also assists you in um changing your your approach to things you know yeah like for me personally is that in terms of acknowledging what i have done good but you day, really need to stay committed to it of course yeah yeah, yeah. you really that's the yeah, main that's problem because if you fall off it really just sets back the work mm-hmm. that you've done like once you keep going with it it's like at some point for me it was like all right i have been able now to appreciate more the good things that i have accomplished mm-hmm. amongst the the muck and spew and everything mm-hmm. between in the day. And it helps me take, like, a better approach to things, you know? Yeah. Uh, not to say that I have accomplished the healthy middle. Yeah. But in terms of that little bit of self, self-help. self so, so, Yeah, self-help. Self, that, that positive self-awareness mm-hmm. leads to a better mindset towards things you know yeah for sure and my final recommendation kind of steps into pseudo spiritualism and stuff like that it's a little it's a little controversial i guess you could say for some people Mm -hmm. but um our older generations like to classify generation z as uh religiously bankrupt so this is not really a religion recommendation to each their own Mm -hmm. but i do do strongly advise the law of attraction. The law of attraction helps you really to put things into perspective in terms of it's like the ability to attract things into your life. And it comes back into the overly optimistic mindset where we're looking at, okay, you need to act as if you already have something in order to get it. So instead of, you know, I was talking to my best friend the other day and she was really, she's really, really depressed. She has a habit of wishing for things, but not acting as if she already has them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yearning for things is sending out messages to the universe that you don't have it and you will never have it. You are longing for something and you, it will always continually be out of your grasp. Right, stay with mm-hmm. me here. I'm not trying to get you know hocus pocus on you, <laughs> but stay with me. <laughs> 
You need to act as if you already have it. You need to act with a confidence that this is my life. I mm-hmm. will get this. I will achieve this, right? And then the power of word is so important that once you retrain your brain, even if these things don't come to fruition, like some spell, like you just mm-hmm. manifested something into your life and suddenly you got a new car and a new house, you have retrained your brain. You're essentially retraining your brain to mm-hmm. look towards brighter prospects, mm-hmm. to put in the work and have, you know, that kind of action, that kind of action mindset of, okay, I want a new car. I'm going to act like I already have a new car and I'm going to move towards aligning myself to a higher frequency mm-hmm. so that I can get what I want. And you can essentially manifest those things into your life, right? I do believe strongly in it. I believe in doing that sort of um, positive self-talk mm-hmm. really is very productive. I believe in meditation as well, but I'll step into that hocus pocus another okay. day, another day for another time. But uh, you should just, you should, you should try these things as well mm-hmm. because they really do help. And they, I've done it and it's been helping me. And I don't see myself in that negative, pessimistic, you know, downtrodden way as I have done before, you know. It's a, it's a very tedious journey. But I believe that it is necessary. And to anybody who is listening to this, who thinks that this is a sign, it's a fucking sign. It's a sign. <laughs> it's a sign. Start the work. Do the introspection. You need to stop looking at what is wrong with other people and start looking what is wrong within yourself and i think the battle against yourself is always the most the most important mm-hmm. most you difficult as the well, most you difficult know? you shouldn't battle yourself you mm-hmm. need to be in harmony with yourself and this is what this series is about it's just about coming back to that self-awareness and having that symbiotic relationship with yourself you want to be harmonious mm-hmm. you want to be happy in your own skin so that other people can be happy around you. So this is a fucking sign. And I'm out of here. <laughs> Joelle, it was nice having you. It was nice being hard. So. <laughs> Later, losers. <laughs>